I'm going. What is going on, everybody? Hawk Talk on Melrose. Tyler Schrader here. Myself, Colin. Tyler, you uh, you a little, <laughs> a little warm or cold right now? Or are you? Uh, what's going on here? Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I got the AC cranked on in the apartment, so a little little chilly right now. Oh, that's that's fine. Uh, so I got a question for you, Tyler. Um, I, I, lo- I love this game. I, I need to see what your answer would be here. Um, she's a ten, but hates the Hawks. <laughs> I mean, can we go negative? I mean, if you want. She's a ten, though. She's a ten, but hates the Hawks. Uh, going to zero. Wow. I, I mean, she wouldn't even. She wouldn't be able to listen to this podcast. That's true, but I'm surprised you're. I'm surprised you're going like that. Okay, she's a three, but loves Iowa. Everything Hawks, but she's a three. Give her a seven. Give her a seven. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, I got I'm the. I'm the nice guy in the podcast. Okay. What, what do you What do you expect? Impressive. Impressive. All right. Let's, let's get into it. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today as we are, what now, gearing up. We're recording this Wednesday night, so uh, you guys will have this out Thursday. So by then, we are approximately, what, 30 days away from college football starting and about 37 days away from Iowa football. So it is here. I know yesterday and today were big time media days. Usually when that happens, the season's right around the corner. We got two teams already starting fall camp tomorrow, I think, or maybe even today, Northwestern Nebraska, since they're starting a week early. And then Iowa and the rest of the Big Ten and around the country will be starting already next week, middle of next week. So it is here. Football season is here. Um, NFL, they've already reported the training camp, I think, beginning of this week. Um, Next week is preseason football already, next Sunday. Um, Or, like, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. So, Love it, Tyler. Absolutely love yeah, it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's, a, it's it's coming fast, man. It just seems like we just did our first episode of the new podcast. Yeah, weeks go by fast. Ago. But it's, yeah. <clears throat> before, it'll be here before we know it. You know, I start kind of prepping, or not really prepping, but like just kind of jotting down some stuff like, you know, a couple of days in advance and then, or like, you know, a couple of days before we record and how fast just those couple of days go. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. And before we know, it'll be next Wednesday before you know that. And then, by then, it's like every Wednesday we do it, it's like we're one week closer. And before you know it, we'll be recording an episode leading up to that first game, that Wednesday, a couple days before the first game. So it's awesome. Oh, it's, it's pretty – I mean, I love it. So uh, so let's get into the Big Ten Media Days a little bit from yesterday. I'm not going to really get much into it. I, I did listen to Ference's interview both when he talked to the reporters but then also when he sat down with the Big Ten Network. And, um, you know, they just – Ask him some simple questions, you know, questions that we kind of already know about the offense, different things like that. The thing that I am kind of interested in was they released um, the pre-camp or Big Ten Media Days edition of the depth chart, which there were a couple changes from spring ball. So obviously, number one, Spencer Petra is still the number one quarterback, which, I mean, we kind of expected that. Um, There is a quarterback competition, but... In my eyes, I, I said this last week, I think, too, I, I really do think that he is going to be the, the starting quarterback, which if there is a legit quarterback competition and, and he wins it, you know, that, you know, means that he's probably the best guy that we have. I mean, I, mean, I like Padilla. I like, 
you know, I don't really know much about Labus, so I can't really comment on him that much. But, um, you know, if Petrus is a guy, he's the guy. I, I think I said this last week, and I don't know, you might agree with me or disagree with me on this, but, you know, I really do think, I think Petrus, he is, I mean, let's face it, he's not, he's pretty average, but I do think from 2020 to 2021 that really hurt him was the offensive line play was not very good. I think that hurt him a lot. And then I also think, I don't think I talked about this last week, but I, it, I thought about this yesterday when I was driving, that him losing two, well, one for sure, but I mean, both guys went to the NFL. One guy's still playing the NFL, um, Brand Smith and Mir Smith-Marset. I think losing those guys too, I mean, that that kind of, I mean, that's kind of a big thing. So like 2020, Petrus had a pretty good year or a decent year. And then, you know, last year he kind of took a step back. I saw this on Pro Football Focus that, uh, Spencer Petras, Alex Padilla were pressed for pressure on 33% of their dropbacks last year. And in 2020, it was only 24%. So, um, for someone like Petras, who just isn't very good, you know, scrambling, things like that, you need to see that number down, way down. And so hopefully this year, offensive line, you know, depth is kind of an issue, but at least we got some guys back, guys that played a lot last year because we had injuries last year. So you're, you're hoping that they take that next step. Yeah, it was no secret that I think the offensive line was a major issue, you know, from start to finish last year. And I think, you know, obviously that doesn't help a non-mobile QB like Spencer Petras. And I think you're right. I think that, I mean, we talked about it last year. It wasn't just him. I think it was a combination of the offensive line. I think it was a combination, like you mentioned, um, which is a good point, losing really two, you know, your top top two receivers. I mean, that's always going to be tough. It's always going to be an adjustment. And then obviously play calling. I think that it's, all yeah. kind of is, everything kind of put is together. one problem. The offense, there was just no consistency. And I said that, I think on the last podcast, there was no one area where I felt good um, no. about the offense. And I, I'm hoping this year, like you said, with the offensive line, a lot of them, a few of them coming back and, and, you know, hopefully another year under their belt will, will bode well for, I, for Spencer. Yep. And, and with, with Spencer, if he is the number one quarterback, you know, I'm going to go into that first game. I'm going to be behind him and I'll just see how it goes. You know, it might be a something where like, it'll be instantly where I'm not behind him, but if he does start, I'm going to be behind him, uh, right away. And, you know, got to give him, you know, if he did improve from, you know, last year to this year, I mean, I have to give him credit. I said it last podcast, he does put in the work. And, you know, he, he looks like he's trying to get better. I mean, he, he's that type of guy that, you know, he want, you can tell he wants to get better. He knows that last yeah. year was a disappointment. And I think that entire offense thought last year was a disappointment. Yeah. And I that's agree. what is, in my mind, is a one thing that I'm kind of excited about is because I do think that they know how bad it was last year, that it only can get better. <laughs> and, I, I hope they play with a little bit of chip on their shoulder knowing that, you know, it needs to improve and, and maybe it will improve this year. Yeah. I mean, it, once again, with the defense, you don't really need to be that good, but if you can just be average and, you know, at times, cause the defense can't bail you out at all, you know, in all situations. So just be somewhat, you know, reliable and, yeah, you I know, mean, you got to do your part. Um, and not putting your defense in just bad situations, I think is, is also important. Yeah. You know, so I, I, they gotta they gotta hold up their end of the bargain a little bit more this year. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then so kind of going more into the depth chart, um, running back situation, kind of you know the same. We kind of figured Gavin Williams, LaShawn Williams, two Williams brothers. 
Um, at the time, I was kind of last year when Tyler Goodson didn't or announced that he wasn't going to play in the bowl game. I was kind of like, oh, damn it. But the more I think about it, it was actually kind of a blessing in disguise because it gave these two guys an opportunity to really start and kind of see what they were all about. And I thought they they played really well. On addition to that, obviously, you can't run the football without a decent offensive line. And I thought, and Kirk Ferentz mentioned this yesterday at Big Time Media Days, is the offensive line did improve as last season, last season went on. You get in November – they they were starting to look a little bit better, even you know, and then into the bowl game, he even said like that was probably their best performance. So I mean, they were young last year, but as obviously the season went on, they got better and better. But I thought these two running backs played really well, even though we lost. But they they played really well. Gavin Williams just hits the hole. LaShawn is more of that, you know, kind of like a Tyler Goodson. He's a little bit more shiftier. Gavin just hits the hole. They're going to be a really good one-two punch question is who will be the number three who's going to emerge obviously at running back you know guys get hurt guys get banged up you always want to have at least a third guy that can be reliable we got some new newbies in that you know could step up but we'll just have to wait and see on that yep yep i agree i think this year we'll see a little bit um more of a one-two punch uh and i i think again depth it you know, shouldn't be really an issue at the running back running back spot this year. Um, and then receivers and stuff. I mean, this this could be an issue with 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 depth because okay, we have the top three guys: yeah. Keegan Johnson, Arlen Bruce, and uh, Nico Regani. But then you know, outside of that, who's going to kind of step up? Because once again, in that position, you want to have more got more than just three guys. Uh, surprisingly, we saw a guy named Alec Wick as a backup to Keegan Johnson. Jackson Ritter was kind of that guy last year which I didn't know anything about Jackson Ritter last year, but he did play somewhat. Well, he got hurt, and he's out for the season, according to Ferentz yesterday, so it's going to be up to Alec Wick, apparently. I, I've never heard of him. Apparently, I read where he holds the Iowa high school record for career receptions and ranks third in receiving yards. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see on that. I mean, he's like the type of guy where know nothing about, but you know he could end up being decent for us, kind of like a Matt Vandenberg who was kind of a nobody coming in. Um, I mean, even you could even make the case Charlie Jones when he came in, you know, who was he? Nick Easley a couple of years ago, who was, you know, so like it always seems like we always kind of find these kind of just random guys that actually end up not being too bad. We do got some unproven guys that I'm, I'm excited about. Uh, Deontay Vines, Brody Break, uh, and then Jacob Bostock or Bostick. Uh, he's that freshman out of Illinois. So, um, guys that I think are decent, but just have yet to be proven. So, and then offensive line. Um, kind of surprising. Logan Jones is the starting center. Uh, he went into kind of the spring ball as the kind of the backup, and now he's the starting center. He was a guy played defensive line for two years, so he is like a Tyler Linderbaum. Who Tyler Linderbaum started out the defense and and switched the offense. So hopefully it's the same story. Um, and then Tyler Ellsbury, who was the starting center, has actually shifted to left guard. And I'm guessing it's because Justin Britt, um, who's going to be out for the year, which is another kind of big blow. I didn't know if he was going to start this year or not, but he was definitely going to provide that depth for us because he's he's not a bad. I mean, he's been in the program for a few years, you know, but he's out for the year. He's been having knee issues for the last couple of years, so uh, it has to be something with that. So right now, Logan Jones, Tyler Ellsbury, and then you got right tackle Jack. Plum, left tackle Mason Richmond, and then right guard Connor Colby. All those, th- all three of those guys 
were, are back from last year. So um, those positions should be good. It's just hopefully Logan Jones and, you know, Tyler Ellsbury. And then, like I said, once again, the depth issues. I mean, we're young. We have a lot of guys. We're just really young out of those three. Um, and then tight ends, I mean, not much to talk about. Sam Laporta. Luke Lachey, both guys. I mean, they might be the, one of the best tight end duos. I mean, Sam Laporta might be the best tight end in the Big Ten, and then you pair him up with Luke, Luke Lachey, who's six foot six. Um, you're looking at pretty good duo right there. Yeah, hopefully we got another duo at tight end. It's it's nice when when Iowa has seems, that. They've had success in the past. Seems obviously. like every yeah, seems like every year. I mean, that's one position where we never have to worry about. It's like I agree. It's like defense and like tight ends on offense i'm always yep. like very and usually very offensive line about. too uh but as yeah. of late it you know there's been you know but like right. l- you're looking at our you know offensive re- line recruiting you know we got obviously Caden proctor coming in we got another guy who's a four yeah. star so um so after this year you good. know we're gonna be, br- be bigger and I, i'll guarantee you um like xavier obviously might not play a lot this year but i will bet money on it Caden proctor will start from day one almost guarantee. I, I mean, he's, he's going to be a he's stud huge. for us. All right. And then defense, um, not really much. The only thing really big was Cooper DeGene was the starting cash guy. He, in the spring, was a backup corner. I think this guy's going to be a stud. You know, work from the area where he's from, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've always known about him. I mean, I remember watching his high school highlights. My cousins are actually from the same school that he went to. Um, and so... I knew when he went out, he's just an athletic freak. I mean, he played quarterback at OABCIG. And I just knew that this guy, kind of diamond in the rough, like, you know, under-recruited. The guy's going to be a stud. And sure enough, um, he's already going to be starting at uh, the cash or backup safety. And, you know, he might even find some time in the safety position because with Dane Bell, and, you know, that's what Phil Parker did a lot was um, – when he wasn't playing cash, he was kind of playing that strong safety. So you're going to see a lot of him this year. I also heard um, kind of an inside source from someone that he's probably even going to uh, field punt and kick returns, So, um, oh, which well. would not surprise me at all. I mean, like I said, a guy's athletic freak. <clears throat> he's versatile, and that's, and that's what Iowa needs. I feel mm-hmm. like a little versatility, um, guys that can do multiple things because, you know, Obviously, we we lost Charlie Jones, who was a wide receiver returner, and a guy like Cooper DeGene, you know, could be could be that for yep. Iowa, and I think that that that's huge. Exactly, and then and then everyone's like freaking out because um, Xavier is on depth chart. It's like, geez, guys, <coughs> we're we're fine. I mean, if there's if he was right. a five star on the offensive side of the ball, I'd be like, okay, like this guy needs. I mean. <sighs> But like on the defense, like we just got we got we just got dudes everywhere, and he's gonna play this year. I mean, it's not like he's not gonna play. Um, right. So just give it time. Trust Phil Parker. I'm I'm I would never not trust him. Like I know what he's doing. And people just I just saw people on Twitter yesterday when the depth chart was released. People were just freaking out. Like where the hell is Xavier at? It's like come on. Yeah. Fine. Well, again, again, it, like you said, if this was on the offensive side of the ball where we've been struggling, I think it's fair to raise. Yeah, be like, Questions okay, this guy's it. probably. I, I, I think we're we're good right now. Yep. Uh, Quinn Schulte starting at free safety. He's replacing um, Jack Kerner. He's another guy. Like it seems like every year, that safety position, we always have a guy that's just a no name, like Jack yep. Kerner. Uh, before that was um, God, what's his name? Um, 
I forgot what his name was. He play he plays in the NFL still. Plays for the Rams. Um, God, I can't think of his name, but he was there before Jack Kerner, and uh, you know, and now we have a guy named Crin Schulte who I've never heard of, and he's starting at free safety. But you know, just watch him be really good for us. And then uh, Jamari Harris starting at you know right, corner out for the first game. Terry Roberts backup. Um, and I also think defense alignment, Lucas Van Ness, a backup. It's just funny to me because both of those guys are very good and would start at a lot of different places. But the fact that they're backups, not saying that in a bad way, I'm just literally saying that because you know we have so much, so many just studs on the defensive side that the fact that they're backups is just hilarious. Um, and both of those guys are going to play a lot. It's just funny because it just shows how many good guys we have on our defense. Yeah, again, depth right there is is going to be huge. And like you said, they could start in a lot of places. And the fact that they're they're not here says a lot about the defense. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be good. It's gonna be I'm fun to really watch again, I'm really excited, I'm excited for uh, Lucas Van Ness. I mean, the dude is the fact oh, that yeah, he's, he's a, a defensive lineman and has a six pack guy's going to be a stud for us. And and he really turned it on last year for us. And I, I'm really really excited. Uh, by the way, the safety, I was looking it up, Jake Gervas. That was a guy I was going to say, is it Gervas? I literally was going to say it, but I'm like, eh. Yep, Jake Gervas. He was a guy before um, Jack Kerner. So it's just guys yeah. that you just don't really know much about, and then they come in and just – They fit the system, man. They fit it, they and well. they do, they do yep. things right. And um, I mean, I even looked up – I looked last night because I was watching the highlights – or not the highlights um, – interviews and KV on Merriweather was one of the guys that went to uh Indy and I went his recruiting profile just to see where he's from Michigan he was a two-star had no offers Iowa was his only offer <laughs> and yeah. the fact that like you know we you know Phil Parker finds these guys and they they just yeah so I mean I that's that's one thing I you can't deny about Iowa is they find low-level guys that weren't highly recruited and turn them into two. NFL yep. players Studs. I mean, and, really, that's what what they yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, like, look at Dane Bellin. You know, he was a guy from Florida. I'm sure he got some, but he was only a three star. Amani Hooker, he was from Minnesota. Had, I think he was a two star. I mean, it's just, I mean, here's the thing: if you're a guy that is, especially if you're kind of, if like Phil Parker comes up to you and you know, like, let's say you're a corner safety, and he's like, you know, I really want you. You would probably fit well in the cash position for us. I'd be okay. I'm going to Iowa because the last like three or four guys I've played cash has now gone on to NFL. Monty Hooker, yeah. Dane Bellin, Geno Stone. I mean, those guys literally... You play that position, you got to be versatile. And that means you can play many things in the NFL. NFL, too. yeah. And I, NFL so, probably loves that. And so yeah. it's... Um, like I, I wanna, and, and they're all doing good. I mean, uh, Geno Stone, I, I haven't really heard much of that. He still plays for the Ravens, but you know, Monty Hooker is a stud for the Titans. Yeah. And uh, I, on, I honestly expect Dane Bellin's going to be good for the Giants. So... Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's a good position. I I love that. I'm cl- love the cash position. I know we kind of started that probably what five years ago. It's just a, really good to do because you know, especially now, there's so many teams that kind of run that spread offense that you you almost need at times it's a hybrid you, linebacker. Yeah, safety. you need to take that linebacker out that's right. just not that good in coverage and bring in a guy that's yeah, like you said, you know, can do yep. a lot of different Personal. things. So, yep. speaking of which, too. I was talking to uh, some other guys about this. Is um, uh, Justin Jacobs? I that was one thing from his game last year. Is his coverage play was was not 
that good, but I mean, he was also his first year. I expect him to take a big jump, and I know he even talked about it this offseason where, you know, he really wants to get better in the coverage game because, like, that was just one area that he he was just so-so in, and so with, like, Justin Jacobs, you know, if he can, if he can, you know, be good in that part of the game, man, he is going to be a stud for us this year, like, absolute stud, and we already know what we're going to get out of Jack Campbell and Seth Benson, so it's, our line, I'm just pumped, like, I, I'm really excited for the defense. Like, is it bad to think, like, is it bad for me, like, that first game, like, going into that game, I'm going to be more excited to watch our defense than our offense? I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to watch the offense because I want to see, I want to see how, like, what, you know, how we look and are, did we actually change some things up in the offense? But I'm going to be more excited to watch the defense. Well, the defense does anything like the first game last year, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be yeah, a fun, like the first, like, a fun game minutes. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, going back, I totally forgot about this, though. I thought the first two touchdowns were defensive touchdowns, but the first touchdown was literally our first offensive drive. Oh, I know. Tyler Goodson, 50-yard run. Well, I totally me, forgot I, that. I totally it, forgot that it, that's what It, was, that's what it started out promising for, for the offense. It was short-lived. And then it was short-lived it started, right after. Yep. It started out that way. Yeah. Sorry, I had to move one of my things. Um, all right, so let's so that, so that's the depth chart. I mean, we're obviously, that's pre-camp things are going to change like no other in the next couple weeks you know knock on wood no injuries but obviously that's can happen and that could you know be a case but also guys just stepping up in in fall camp so we'll we'll revisit the depth chart because that will be released again the going into the first week and i am bet money on now we're going to see some changes so people freaking out that they don't see xavier or this or that or you know if you hate petras oh why is he number one it's like guys it's we still have all of camp for things to be figured out. So, so let's. Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna do a. I'm gonna talk a little bit about the schedule, but we're gonna do a schedule difficulty of Iowa opponents. Twelve being the easiest opponent, one being the hardest. Tyler and I, we literally do not know each other's. Uh, we kind of purposely did that for the over unders from last week. We kind of knew each other's going in, so you know we could you know, bias. Or, oh, like, you know, yeah. Like that, that's a good idea. Or like, yeah, I can see that this, we have no idea. So we're going to go over that here soon. Right. I do want to talk a little bit about the schedule though. Um, man, how sweet is it that we have five sellouts already going into that's the crazy. season? Um, this might be the first year since 2011 that all seven are going to be sellouts, which I'm pretty sure will happen. Uh, when I wrote this, South Dakota state at 2,500 tickets left Nebraska, 1100. I'm pretty sure the last time I saw it was 1,500 left for South Dakota State and like a little under 1,000. So I guarantee you both of those games will be sell, uh, sold out. So probably the first time since 2011. But I've never, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't remember ever a time where we've had five sellouts before the season even starts. Usually it's like one or two a year, and they're usually a couple of weeks before the game. Like, right. I, it's just crazy. It, it is, and it's awesome. Like, I, I think it's, it's awesome for people that already have – season tickets i know for austin he's kind of like shit because like you know if he's hoping to go to some games well the only way he's going to be able to get tickets on StubHub and places like that and that's where they get you you know versus you know being able to buy them from the university where they're a little bit cheaper so but yeah i think it's i think it's sweet you know, iowa state michigan wisconsin surprisingly northwestern like i i just and then the most surprising was nevada i mean we're playing i mean it's nevada but it is a night game so um i know last year we didn't have one night game which kind of sucks you know it's i know a couple games last year kind of went into the night but it's it's still cool but it's doesn't give you that same feeling where you're walking into kinnick at 5 30 6 o'clock at night sun setting behind you 
and it's just the atmosphere of that. It's like that that Nevada game, even though we're playing Nevada, it's going to be a fun game to go to because, you know, it's a night game. And unfortunately, you can't go to it because you have a wedding that night. Have fun. (laughs) Shout out Tanner Wittrock. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I will be at the wedding, unfortunately. But... Yeah, no, I mean, you know, under the lights at any sport event, sporting event, let alone Kinnick, is, it, I mean, it's not comparable. So I'm excited. Um, obviously, I won't be able to watch it or be there probably, yeah. but um, I'm yeah, excited to, to kind of see. You definitely won't be able to watch it because it's at night. No, no. And yeah, you'll be at the. Yeah. If it was like an 11 a.m. Yeah, game, you would have been able to so, easily yeah, watch it. I can't it. actually probably watch it. I'm actually in the wedding. So yeah, you won't be able to watch You'll have to watch highlights next time. I'll pull night. it up on my phone during the. Hopefully we don't. I mean, it's the game after the Iowa State game. Win or lose the first Iowa State. Um, you know, if we win, it could be a recipe of a letdown game. But I think with it being a night game, I just don't think that well, would happen. I think we I would be either. pretty, nope. you know, jazzed up about that. But then in addition to that, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Because you're going to probably go the first game with me. Um, <clears throat> do you like 11 a.m. for the opening game? I want to hear your thoughts because I have my opinion on it. Good question. Um for the opening game, we play South Dakota State. Yeah, I mean, any any game, you know, we're talking about an entire season. Like, you want to kick things off. I feel like, you know, in the most exciting way possible. For me, I would say eleven o'clock is a little bit of a letdown. Um, less time to tailgate and party beforehand, but also just eleven o'clock games aren't probably as, you know, intense as a you know, an afternoon game or something like that for South Dakota state. I would say I wish it was a different time, but. Okay. So yeah, like a two, like the tailgate aspect for sure. The one thing I will say though, since it is South Dakota state, the one thing I like about 11 AM games for any time, you know, whether it's the first game, but especially the first game, because you get the opportunity to get home to watch the good games at night, especially the week one, because week one, there's always some good games. Like obviously college football has big game problems, especially when you get like later into the season or like oh, middle. Of the yeah. Season. Okay. But that first week, there's always at least a couple games on that night. Like that first week, Fair. Notre Dame, Ohio state. <laughs> I'm sure they play at night that. So like 11 a.m. game, you know, True. You can get back to Des Moines or, you know, your Waterloo, get back and be able to watch those games. Um, so, I mean, that's really for me, like, the only thing I'm kind of looking forward to for it being 11 a.m. 11 a.m. But yeah, like in terms of like a you know tailgate stuff that doesn't I feel like for suck. the actual yeah. game for Iowa, it's it's yeah. not as great. But you make a good point. I mean, now week week one they try to make really good games. Yeah, prime time so to be able to get home and so. watch those games. Yeah, obviously it was a 2:30 game or a night game. You wouldn't really yeah. have the opportunity to do that. And, and since it is South Dakota State, I'm not as mad about it. Um, no. You know, I was more mad like the following week, Iowa State 3 p.m. I mean, that's not a bad time either. Good time. To, but, you know, you have a lot of time to tailgate. But, God, it's like, why can't that game be a night game? You know, the Nevada right. game is 630. It's like, I why know. couldn't Iowa State be 630 and, and Nevada be 3 yep. o'clock? It is whatever, though. Um, and then we know Northwestern's time, which is 2 p.m. And Nebraska that's time. That's kind of is, a, a weird That is weird. Time, well, it know. is. it's either at 2 or 2.30, but on the ESPN app it says 2. Oh, okay. So, I don't okay. know. And then Nebraska at 3, which – by then, we're like end of November, daylight saving times. So like that game, man, it's gonna be that's, that's gonna feel like a night game because by the yeah. second quarter, it's gonna be getting dark out. So, yep. um, you know, and then the Michigan game and the Wisconsin game, which are both home games, we don't know the um, times yet, but I'm gonna guess night game for Michigan, and then I'm gonna guess big noon kickoff for Wisconsin. That's what I'm guessing, but. It could very well be both games be big noon kickoffs on Fox, which 
kind of would suck. Well, if it's anything like Big Noon kickoff against Penn State, they actually made it a two thirty game. Still, they did. No, it was it was actually four. No, it was or, three. It was three. It was three. three okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which, it obviously, depends if both teams are coming in. You know, it's a yeah. huge matchup. They push it a little bit later. It's so. just it feels like big games now. It used to be like we could get on like ABC, ESPN, but with Big Ten being with like Fox, it just seems like yeah, Fox gets like the first priority of Big Ten big game, like the big games of right. the Big Ten. And I I remember looking a couple of days ago, and I don't. I'm not going to go back and look now, but the Michigan game um, that week. I was looking at some Big Ten, like other teams that were playing. That that was the biggest game. There was no other good game yeah. in the Big Ten that day. So it, it yeah, almost feels true. like that's probably going to be the big noon kickoff game. Like, fuck. You know, I know. But whatever. It is what it is. So, um, yeah. okay. So real quick, I'm just going to – just some notes I found from the schedule, and then we're going to do the schedule with Dick Volte. So we're actually ranked 37 in the nation strength of schedule, which is kind of – I'm glad we're not number one, I guess. Um, but we're kind of more up in the middle. Um what I do like is we have a bye week right in the middle of the season, right before Ohio State, but it's right in the middle of the season. So we play six games, off, play more six. I mean, yeah. it's better than having to buy like the fourth week, you know, and then you have so many games right. left of the season or, or the other way around. So I like that. We got five Big Ten road games, so only four Big Ten home games. But I will say, you know, I, I mean, besides like at Ohio State, a lot of our really tough opponents are at home, though. Wisconsin, Michigan, Nebraska. I mean, we get those games at home, which is nice. In October, um, we go about the entire month before before another home game. So we got Michigan October 1st, and then it's like a month later, October 29th, right. Halloween weekend, um, is Northwestern. And then two teams that we play this year have buys before us, um, Ohio State and Purdue. <laughs> so that's that's great. Purdue also had a buy before us last year, and look what happened. And for us, it's like, oh, you know, we get a buy before Ohio State. That's great, you know, but it seems like we are almost worse off after a buy. So I, I would, yeah. I'm not going to take the time right now, but I'm going to look later and I'll probably share it like probably during the middle of the season when we have a buy. But like Kirk Ferentz's record after a buy is, I know it's not very good. I was say, if you're, if you're a Hawk fan or if you listened <laughs> to this podcast last year, uh, if you know, you know about buys. <laughs> yeah, the Wisconsin game, that, that just pissed me off. I mean, it's like, what did we do in those two weeks? Especially because hey, we were coming off that loss against State, Purdue. So yeah, pumped, pumped. Yeah, yeah. I saw, uh, I saw TJ Feldman. Uh, he bought tickets for the Ohio State Iowa game, and it would be fun to go to. It's just like, God, it's like we're we're gonna literally have to like everything would have to go our way. And I'm not, you know, I'm just sharing. I mean, I'm not trying to like, but right. like everything would have to go our way. We would have to just, just. I don't know. It would be a fun game to go to, though, but it's just like, God, you know. I mean, it's at the shoe, so it, you, yeah. the experience would be sweet. It would be. I, it, the game is – it's it's a risk, obviously. You go there, and you, you could be very disappointed, or yeah. you could have the time of your life. You never know. I just so. hope whatever happens that day, I just hope we, we at least put up a fight. Right? Because I'm yep. sure that game's going to be a national TV game, Fox, ESPN. Yeah. Just put up yeah. a fight. Like, make it, you know, look like, you know – we at least competed against them. And we'll, we'll talk about that as that game gets closer. And obviously things can change and different things like that. So, all right, let's get into the ranking difficulty. We're just going to go 12 through one. Like I said, 12 being the easiest game that we think. Um, And then, yeah. So Tyler, we'll start with number 12. I'll let you go first and then I'll share. All right. Okay. At number 12, I have got the Nevada Wolfpack. Um, I think this this team is not the same Nevada team that once was a few years ago when they were actually pretty competitive. 
they lost their QB. Uh, I think his name's Carson Strong. He's been there for what seems like forever. Um, he was really good for them. They lost him and their top wide receiver. Again, I'm taking into account this is a night game. Kinnick should be electric. I think I think this is their easiest game on the schedule. Okay, so we're already wrong. So I, I put South Dakota State at number 12. I just think for me, you know, it, it's in FC, you know, FCS team, they're going to come in because it's a big game for them. You know, they want to come in. They have nothing to lose. Uh, but with F, S, or with FCS teams, the one thing that's not going for them is, yes, there's some talent there. You know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of guys that play FCS football. Hell, there's a lot of guys that play D2 football that could play D1. Uh, but it's very, like, it's not at every position, plus the depth in the FCS level, it's just not very good. So when you're going up against like a team that's physical, like Iowa, um, on a hot day because it's going to be September third, that it's just gonna it's gonna be tough for them as the game goes on. So that's why I put South Dakota State at number twelve. All right, number eleven. Well, I I went South Dakota State here. So uh, we so we pretty much flip flops. Okay, I, I, I figured. So again, this is one of the better FCS teams that Iowa can play. So yeah. I'm taking that into account. They obviously they just had a running back go to the NFL last year, so they lost some talent. Their QB as well uh, is not there anymore. But this is still a really good team for being an FCS program, in my opinion. It's kind of a lose lose for Iowa when you play an FCS team, especially a good one, because you're expected to win. And God knows what happens if you if do you lose. lose. Take yeah, note I mean, look at Dakota State a few years ago, 2016. It, very depressing or so. 2009 when we almost lost to you and i so that began the season but then we went well, on to panthers. win the orange bowl shout so. out panthers yep all right um number 10 10 i went Rutgers. um this was kind of a tough one because again i'm taking into account it is unfamiliar territory we don't go and play in cross-country flight in new jersey very often to play a game um but i just feel like talent wise we are head and shoulders better than them. We, sh- we should win. Now we've had a game where I can still remember it. it was like one of the most boring games of all time. It was like 14 to 7 or something like that. It'd be most boring game when we played Rutgers. So you never know. It could be close, but they're coming, but I still think they're years away from being competitive. I I have them at 10. Okay. At number 10 for me, I have Northwestern. Um, I just, I don't know. May- may- maybe I'm wrong. I just think, you know, being at home, I, I think Northwestern, you know, I think they're going to be better than they were last year. They were not very good last year at all, but, um, that, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, yeah. Northwestern at number 10. Yeah. Um, number right. nine. You can go. You can go nine. You go first. Okay. Um, at Rutgers. So, okay. Kind of similar boat with you on, you know, unfamiliar territory, but, you know, they're, they're Rutgers. So, yeah. Uh, I actually went Illinois. So, second year being under Brett Bielema, um, you know, I don't think they're where they want to be with him yet. Um, they do again, listen, they're, they're a team that are competitive. I mean, I remember last year they led by double digits to start that game. We actually had to come yeah, back and win we, that game. That so, was... and Brett Bielema didn't even coach on the sideline. I, I like looked it up. I totally forgot he had COVID. So he'll oh, probably be there this that. year. I did forget about that. Obviously doesn't bode well. And I actually have, I think Iowa losing to illinois but on paper i'm just looking at it in terms of the strength of the schedule i think i have them at nine yeah i have well i have i think i have iowa losing illinois too because i really think if we beat michigan we might have a letdown and it's at illinois um so that was your number nine right yes okay so at number eight for me i had um i I had at illinois um kind of the same thing you said so i have northwestern 
Northwestern is three and zero in their last three games at Kinnick, which is uh, why yeah, I kind of went here. I should have maybe moved them up a little it's, bit. <laughs> it's one of those. Up. Again, last year we barely beat them on the road, and they were a very bad football team last year. And that's that whole. That's the start of the whole quarterback controversy game too for Iowa, which yep. hopefully is not the case this year. But and they actually Fitch play Fitch year, I'm pretty tough. Fitch year, I mean, yeah, that game no, again, yeah, was kind of decided in the second half. So. And then, so right. that, okay, so that was number eight for you? Yes. Okay. All right, you can, you can go number yeah. seven. Seven, I went Nebraska. Um, okay. Listen, I think we're, we're really getting into the the team, right, you know, the up, upper-ish teams into the Big Ten now, so you're kind of nitpicking. But I would go Nebraska. You know, it's the pressure to make it eight straight against this team. Um, last year they went three and nine, but all their nine losses were by single digits. So, they were right there in most of their games. Again, we were down big and had to come back against them, but I've got them at seven. Yeah. So. I have Iowa State at seven for now. I do think they're going to be much better than they were last year. I, I really do. I, I keep saying that to you. I just think they have, they're they going to have no pressure. They're not going to have the expectations like last year, and so I do think that they are going to be a much better team. Uh, but when I was doing this, you know, I really had to look at the guy the remaining teams left, and it's like I just – there's other teams that I that I have to put ahead of them for now, and you know I could bite my words there, but for right now I have them at number seven, number six. Number six, I have Minnesota. Okay. Um, so rivalry game in Minneapolis again, looking to make it eight straight against this team. So it's a lot of pressure. Going to be a big game. Um, Minnesota, which I I had to like double, you know, look at this a second time. They finished second in the Big Ten West last year, and I think a lot of people don't realize that they even after losing Ibrahim. Um, against Ohio State I you know they finished well he's coming back gonna be a gonna be a tough game I've got them at six number six for me I have Nebraska um I think until like they are gonna be a better team too but you know they are Nebraska and until I actually see them be able to win games that they should win and you you see a disciplined Scott Frost team you know maybe they should be higher on my list but for right now I have them at number six at number five Five, I have uh, Iowa State. So yeah. I'm taking into account this being the in-state rivalry game. Yeah, which, this, is, this is maybe more of like a fan's, like, as a fan, I'm more worried about this game. I think it's tougher, maybe than even the the players might not think that. But like you like you mentioned already, dude, they're, I, th- I would not be shocked if they outperform from what, what they what did they last did year. Like, oh, There's no pressure I, on them. I think that they will have a better record than they did last year, 100%. Would not shock me. Um, so that was your number five for me at Minnesota. Um, you mentioned that with the second, I kind of forgot about that too. The one thing though, is they are losing a lot of guys on both the offensive line, defense line. And that's where you win big 10 football games is the offensive line, defense line. And, um, but that's still gonna be a tough game. Run the ball against Iowa. uh, Yeah. Effectively last year. So that's a good point. And, um, just being on the road, we've obviously beat them a lot the last, you know, what six or seven years that you know you know they're gonna eventually it's gonna happen and it's you know sucks yes. saying that but um so i have them at number five number four all right this is where a little bit of a shock maybe um i have michigan at number four um so uh, michigan's a tough matchup it, it's it's gonna be if we win this game you know it's gonna be close um you know it it's just going to be down to the wire if we were going to win this game. I think that's that's what history tells us. Michigan still has a really good run game. I think they're going to focus in on that this year. I, you know, we just got our asses kicked against them in the Big Ten championship. So I, you would say maybe I'm ranking them a little bit lower than what they should be, but 
Um, I feel like I feel like we on paper match up a little bit better than who I have at number three. So I've got I've got them at four. Okay, I have actually at Purdue. Um, I just because the three left the three next teams, I just I just can't put ahead of them just mm-hmm. because of the talent level. Now Purdue has our number, but in terms of the talent level, you know they're not. And um, but that game, it's I should probably put them higher though because it just seems like we can never beat them. Um, but we just got we got to figure out a way to beat them. And I'm hoping that this is a year. So number four at Purdue, number three for you. You you said it. So at, I got Purdue at, Purdue. at three. So okay. I'm taking into account all the factors that we've talked about time and time again on this on this podcast. It's at Purdue. They've had our number. Aiden O'Connell, probably yeah. one of the better quarterbacks coming back. They got more weapons this year. I, I feel like they're they could be better than they were last year. I know they lost some receivers, but they've got they've kind of replenished on that side of the ball. And I feel like for as good as our defense is, with their air raid style of offense, they do have success through the air moving the football against Iowa. Yeah, they definitely – like I said, they find ways to just yeah. kick our butt. Uh, number three for me, I have Wisconsin. Um, always going to be a challenging game. I think being at home will at least help us. It seems like it's been forever, similar to Iowa State and Nebraska. It's been since 2018 since fans have been in to watch that game. So I have them at number three. And then – I've got Wisconsin at two. Um, yeah. They have our number, uh, yep. similar to Purdue. It seems like um, you know they're a team that just they're they're a team that knows how to win and and can find ways to win in in the ugliest ways if they have to. Obviously, it always seems like the Big Ten West Championship starts and ends with Wisconsin in most years. So, obviously, that's a huge game. I I have it at two. Okay, and then yep, I have Michigan, and I figured yeah, you had. Ohio State at number one, Michigan, mm-hmm. you know, the reason why I put Michigan at number two ahead of Wisconsin is just the talent level, you know, and and Michigan will probably be going to that game undefeated because their first four games are pretty easy. And yeah. so it's, it's just going to be a tough game. And Wisconsin game is going to be tough. I mean, you could probably, yeah, interchange both I of those. I was going to say, some of this is nitpicking at yeah. this point. And then obviously Ohio State is going to be the toughest game on the schedule, no doubt. I mean, there's no denying that. Yeah. Um, they're just ex- – explosive on the offensive side defenses you know i would take i would take in terms of having you know their defense you know michigan wisconsin and those those teams are way better defensively well we don't know yet but like judging from last year but just from the offensive side of things ohio state is just tough very unreal they've got you know potentially two heisman candidates cj stroud jackson smith and jigba if you watch them in the bowl game against utah this past year, you you know what I'm talking it's, about. So yeah, it's gonna be tough. Like it's I said, at, we were just Ohio, talking. I think it's at Ohio State too, and and you know I yeah. don't know when the last time we won there. I don't even know. You literally, honest, so. all I know is the last time we played there was I think 2014, and we or 2013. We I, actually played them pretty tough. Yeah, I know. I remember um, that. And even back in 2009, when we chance to go to the Rose Bowl. Um, we played them really tough too, but um, and then we all know what happened twenty seventeen. So uh, let's just have the same performance like in twenty seventeen, right. and, and things just will be air good. it out, man. Just let so. it loose. All right. Well, so I, I mean, we were pretty close um, on most, but yeah, you know, a little off. But that's what's fun about doing that. And yeah, it's you know, it'll be interesting to see how you know, it actually plays out. Compare it at the end of the season and you know? see like what there'll be some are surprises. I think. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, we are. Running out of time here, um, real quick, because by next week, camp will be starting. So, Tyler, what is your pre-camp season prediction? So, I have got, real quick here, I have got Iowa 
right now, as it stands, going eight and four. Um, you know, we've I've I had a loss at Illinois. I feel like if we beat Michigan at home, it's that prototypical trap game at Illinois right after it. If we were to lose to Michigan, I could see us bouncing back, being motivated to win at Illinois. I feel like one of those two games we're going to get a loss in there. Um, you've got uh, Illinois. You've got what else do I have here? Sorry, I'm not looking at it. Um, Ohio State. Purdue and Wisconsin. Until yeah. we can prove to, to beat one of those teams, I just it's it's hard for me to pick a win in that spot. Yeah, right now I have nine and three. I, I just don't. I just think with the defense, it's going to be if, if our defense is going to be as good as what we think it's going to be. I mean, it's similar to last year. Offense can suck ass, but we find ways to win. So if our defense, so right now I have yeah, like at Illinois, but you know who knows? I also thought we were going to lose to Maryland last year, and we ended up winning like fifty five fourteen. So and then at Ohio State at Purdue. So nine and three for right now. Those things can change though. Camp starts next week. From right. opponents, from different things that happen for opponents. Hopefully nothing happens for us injury wise or anything like that. But things can change. Well, we are out of time. Um, fun podcast, uh, Tyler. It was yeah. good. To, good to talk some Iowa football again. We'll be back That's next right. week, next Wednesday. Be here before you know it, and we're getting closer to college football season. Let's go! All right, go Hawks, go everybody. Hawks.